What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Wildlife Command Center podcast. I'm your host, Chris Starr, and today is another Nuisance Wildlife Wednesday. And we are going to talk about European starlings. So you know those guys that they always show those awesome videos of like the birds doing the crazy flocks in the air where they're flitting and, and flotting and, and doing like all those crazy shapes, the giant like thousand plus bird flocks of that stuff. Those are almost always starlings. And I'm going to talk about what is going on with those bad jammers here in North America as they are an incredibly invasive species. So if I'm not mistaken, those dudes were brought over, I think like 23 or 24 were brought over because a guy was a fan of Shakespeare. I'm not even kidding. Now there's hundreds of millions, (laughs) tens of millions, if I'm not mistaken. So he brought them over because he was a fan of Shakespeare, because Shakespeare talks about them in some of his works. And so he released some in Central Park in New York. Go, go and be free and really, really outcompete many of our native species here. Yes. What he didn't know is that very quickly those jokers would blow the heck up and almost all starlings now on this continent, besides I'm sure more have been brought over, are descendants of that original group let loose in New York City. Crazy statistic, right? Isn't that amazing? Or just a factoid, excuse me. Fun facts with Chris Star. So these guys have now bloomed and blossomed into the tens of thousands and also more than that all across the entire continent. And they are out competing the native wildlife. It's pretty crazy. Now, you know, it's hard to like put a number on that, but if you guys have ever had like a bird feeder out that was like a flattened surface, they're not great at like tree foraging, they're mostly, in fact, I I, I can't, I can't just put out a bold statement like that. They're terrible tree foragers. Well, for most of their life, they are ground foragers. Like they forage on the ground, like uh, most of their time they eat bugs, you know, in the summer. And then in the winter, they will kind of go for whatever is available to them. The reason I say that is like, so if you guys have had like a more flat surfaced bird feeder, like one that's like a flattened platform that kind of hangs in the air, that is where you have most likely seen starlings. Those jerkers will come in and bully the birds around them because they're big and obnoxious and loud. They are small. Let me describe them to you. Smallish birds, a little smaller than a robin, mostly black or iridescent if you're looking in direct sunlight. And as adults... The males have pretty spectacular-looking plumage, um, streaked with white on their shoulders, wings, and stomach, and usually a bright yellow, very long, pointy beak. Beaks about an inch and a half to two inches. And, you know, it's okay that the inch and a half long beaks. So anyway, they are competing with other birds, and it's not great. Our natives... And in a lot of instances where they're getting into people's houses, so a quick factoid before I get a little off base here, they are cavity dwellers. So they naturally go into like holes in trees carved out by woodpeckers or just decay 
or squirrels of something of that nature, holes in buildings. That's the big one, folks. And so that's where most of my customers see them getting in, is in their little teeny holes in buildings. They can get into stuff the size of a golf ball. Yeah. And create just this incredible, not so much a labyrinth, but just a humongous ball of nesting material. So it's crazy. They will, like for multiple days and weeks on end, just all day besides eating, forage for nesting material. And like if if I come in and if I do an inspection on a house that has starlings getting into the attic space, I have seen nests perhaps where they've been used over multiple years as large as myself. I am not even kidding. Just a gigantic human-sized mound of flammable material <laughs> up in the attic space. It's crazy. Now, most of the time they don't need that much and they don't have that much, but I've seen it on more than one occasion. Another place that we see them getting into a lot are dryer vents that don't have a cover over them or vents from bathrooms on second stories that instead of venting into the attic, they vent through the side of the house, you know, when you turn on your like your little fan in your bathroom, that vents to the outside and sometimes not in the attic space. And starlings will utilize that and get in there and create a nesting area. And so most of the time when people call me out and they see birds coming in and out, like, oh, they're making this racket and it's right above our heads. They're usually getting into those vent areas, dryer vents, bathroom vents, or attic space vents. Perhaps you've seen them. It's the attic space vents that kind of vent through the soffit area and their little <laughs> perfect golf ball size holes, mm, right? So they get into there as well as a couple of other areas like open roof to soffit junctions, gabled vents that might've been chewed open by squirrels, things of that nature. And they are, oh boy, so disgusting. Don't even get me started. As a matter of fact, <laughs> what's that Conor McGregor quote I could go into great detail and I will and I will go into great detail dude on how disgusting of birds they are you want to talk about gross dude bird mites on these things so oh ugh. I have pulled out the nesting material out of a dryer vent this was in Dallas <gasps> barehanded this stuff, pulled all the nest material out. They hadn't laid any eggs yet. I mean, it doesn't matter. The good thing about them is they are an invasive species, so we can remove them whenever we want to. Pulled all the nest material out. It wasn't a lot, so I could stuff it into just like a, a Walmart bag or whatever, and then suck it in the back of the truck. And I finished up the paperwork, and I was like, I, I should go back and um zip that bag up, you know? And I go back out, and the bag's moving. I'm like, what the heck, dude? I know there wasn't any... There's, there wasn't any babies in there. I've known that for sure. And I look closer at the bag and the outside of the bag is completely crawling so much so that it looks like the whole bag is moving with bird mites. Disgusting. Oh, it was so gross. So there was hundreds if not thousands of these little things. And so that kind of stuff can get into your house. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Guys, you do not want that. 
not to mention like histoplasmosis that can, histoplasmosal fungal spores that can develop within their nesting material because of the fecal matter that they drop inside it. They're not very clean birds. Like they're really, really not now. Like, oh, I see them taking baths all the time. Yeah, well, the condition of the bird's feathers does not weigh on, you know, the disgustingness of their nesting material because of their fecal matter, nor does it mess with the feather mites that they might have. Gross. So you, when people call us out, we will uh, first get a sense of where the birds are getting in, figure out how much nesting material we have to deal with, get that out of there. You know, they'll have us remove all of that. And since they're invasive, we can remove any kind of nesting material, eggs or offspring that may be up there any time of year that we want, though they do pretty strictly just breed in the spring. And then we almost always sanitize the area. Ugh. And like, uh, you know, spray some good old bug killer up there. Not really, but the, the deodorizer and sanitizer that we use will kill those same insects. Disgusting. So gross. <laughs> European starlings. What a classic. Classic, disgusting little creature. So, good ways to keep them out. Make sure that your dryer vents are covered. Any other types of vents that you have going through the side of your house or up in your roof are properly covered. If you call Wildlife Command Center out in St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Dallas, Texas, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Reno, Nevada, or Sacramento, California, we can come out and do that inspection ourselves, figure out if they're getting in or if there are any other animals you might have. We can do that for you, figure out what it would cost and what all we would need to do as well as perform those repairs pretty awesome stuff. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to give us a shout on Instagram or Facebook at Wildlife Command Center. Feel free to check out our YouTube. Right now we're doing a lot of birds of prey stuff on there. It's pretty awesome. A lot of trapping. A lot of birds of prey are getting caught in warehouses and buildings right now because it's starting to get chilly out. And so the pressure to hunt and go after whatever they can is mounting pretty highly. So they're willing to take more risks and go into people areas. That's not good. So we get called in to remove those bad mamma jammers. Alrighty, guys. I really appreciate you listening again. I really am thankful. I love doing this kind of stuff. I was not in the mood to do this today, but you know, uh, <laughs> I want to be a professional. And so the show must go on. Literally. Literally. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. God bless. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, a.k.a. Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus. Download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.